there's not been one moment of doubt, not, not a single moment where I thought, yeah, maybe I'm not cut out for this. I continue to think that this is, this is like literally what I was born to do. Welcome to The Reinventors, the show about radical career change. These are stories of resilience and determination to bring you a little comfort, solace, and inspiration. I'm Claire Wiley. When James Murgatroyd was 18, he had his whole life mapped out. He was gonna meet a girl, get married at 25, own a BMW by the time he was 30. But James became a dad when he was 20. That wasn't in the plan. Priorities shifted and he went to work for a bank, then in local government and social enterprise before becoming a construction manager. Those jobs, they paid the bills, but they weren't his dream gig. Facing down his 50th birthday, James knew he had to make a change. Then the pandemic decimated the construction industry and James saw his chance. This is the story of a man who found his true calling later in life. It's also the story of a guy who really loves teaching maths and making sure kids get the opportunities they deserve. Christmas Eve, I was sat in one of the most beautiful buildings in the world. It's called the Wool Exchange in Bradford. It, it was literally where all of the prices for all of the wool was set back in sort of the 1850s. It's like a gothic building it's now a waterstones bookshop and it has a cafe and i was sat waiting to meet my girlfriend who was working till till lunchtime on christmas eve and i bought myself a little book and started making notes about what i wanted to do because i turned 50 in july and i, I was going to make a list of 50 things i wanted to achieve during my 50th year obviously things have slightly taken it <laughs> events have taken things out of my control a little bit but i wanted to go see 50 bands but one of the things i wrote is i wanted to change my career but I didn't put down what I wanted to do but I just knew that I needed to change I'd been working in construction for four years it was uh, not a job that was fulfilling but it paid the, paid the rent paid the uh, paid for food but I knew that you know turning 50 realistically I've got 20 years left working and I wanted to do something that you know was fulfilling that was meaningful Then came January, February, March, and you hear these rumours about this virus that's in China, and but you know that it's like number seven on the the news, so it's not affecting me. I'm still driving up and down the country, going to see site managers who are unhappy because one of the guys who works for me has decided to, you know, have an argument with him on site. So you know all this kind of like firefighting, you know. So you're not not nothing that's kind of planned, and then within a matter of weeks. We get to sort of the middle of March and this thing's becoming number one item on the news and things are going to have to change and you're looking at what's happening in Italy and Spain and you can see it coming. You know, it's like watching a storm coming from a distance. So by I was actually looking back at a, a, a WhatsApp conversation I had with my girlfriend and just saying, look, this is going to be really bad, is this? And then March the 23rd, everything just stopped. You know, some of the, some of the major constructors in the UK said, right, our sites are closing now, and like many people who worked in con work in construction, I, I wasn't an employee. I was self-employed, so I was you know as a contractor. So if the work's not there, I'm not getting paid. 
I'm a good deal more fortunate than a lot of people in that I had a, you know, a few pounds in the bank and I, I was going to be fine until probably June. But it, it happened really, really quickly. You know, within a matter of a couple of days, it went from it'll be okay to actually this changes everything. And so I, I found myself the first time ever. It was the first time I'd had two weeks off. So by the kind of the beginning of April, and that was the first two-week break I'd had for like 15 years. And so it was like an amazing opportunity to sit and, and, and think and plan and actually decide what I wanted to do. I'm a middle-aged, fat, bald guy from Bradford, and I was sat in bed on a Saturday morning and just thought, what do I really want to do with my life? It, it was an opportunity, that, that, that storm coming, being able to sit and think, yeah, actually... I'm going to make some big changes here because I'll never have this opportunity again. We're never going to have that situation we had in April and May where everybody stopped. You know, the, the, the skies were clear because there were no jets flying past. The traffic was non-existent. There was a sense of peace there, even in that horrible maelstrom of, of things going on. I recalled a conversation I'd had 12 months before with a guy who was a year older than me, who I bumped into quite quite by accident. I was going to see a gig in Leeds, I was going to see the specials, and I bumped into this guy who was on his uh, redundancy party. And he was just leaving Barclays Bank, and he'd just signed up to become a maths teacher. That was it. That, it was like a conversation that lasted two or three minutes. Uh, and I thought, I wonder how he's getting on. So I messaged him via Twitter, and we had a you know, 20 minute conversation and he was saying, you know, it's great. He's coming towards the end of his training year. And I asked him the number one question was, you know, would you recommend it? And he just said, you know, like anything else, I wish I'd done it 20 years before. And it was kind of like, right. So I messaged my girlfriend and just said, I'm thinking about becoming a teacher. And then everybody who I mentioned it to was saying, yeah, why haven't you done this before? Having the time to stop and think let that seed you know, begin to bloom, really. You know that, that actually it started to uh, to germinate and 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 come through, and and kind of it popped its head up. As soon as it did, it was like, yeah, why wouldn't I do this? I told a friend who I've known for well thirty years now, more than that, thirty two years. I've got a bit of news for you. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to train to be a teacher, and he kind of went quiet, and he just said, yeah. Why wouldn't you? Like I'd have never have thought of you as a teacher, but now you've said it to me. I can't imagine you doing anything else. And that that kind of yeah, I mean, it's literally goose pimple moments. Yeah, yeah, and and, and I'm getting them now. That that kind of support and love that you get from friends who validate you know that that decision. So I, I literally went onto the to the government website. There's a UK government website called Get Into Teaching. And I just applied and made a, made a phone call. They told me what I needed to do. And so that's what almost seven months ago now. And literally from that moment, my life changed. And I can trace it back to that exact moment where I just thought, this is what I'm going to do. And I've never, ever 
felt more right about anything I've ever done in my life. And yeah, everything that I've seen over the last seven months, there's not been one moment of doubt, not, not a single moment where I thought, yeah, maybe I'm not cut out for this. I continue to think that this is, this is like literally what I was born to do. Last week I taught my first class and it's amazing. It's just amazing. Yeah, and it's just ace. It's, it's like literally, this is perfect. So it, for me, it was just this massive opportunity to be creative and to make sure that, you know, within that class, there were some children who are extremely able and some children who are really struggling. And the, the art, I, you know, as I said, I am an absolute beginner at this and I know I am, um, is to make sure that everybody in that class walks away feeling fulfilled and having learnt something new that day. And that might be a child who suddenly re realises what the word percent means to somebody being able to work out quite complicated mental arithmetic. What I realised, having sat down with my host teacher before, is I was hopelessly optimistic in terms of just how much you can go through. If you want to know how, how to speed up time become a teacher and have an hour to get through a class because I swear to God, Einstein need, needed to sit at the back of a class and watch you know, a secondary school math teacher try to get through 15 slides on percentages you know, and make sure that people... Because it just disappears. It's like, it literally... I felt like I'd slipped through a, you know, a, a crack in the fabric of time and it was like, oh my God, we've finished it. Where, where's that gone? But it was great, and it was so exhilarating. Genuinely, the only thing that has ever given me the same kind of buzz is doing stand-up comedy. And it's like you're talking to you know, an 11-year-old girl who's got zero confidence in maths and just kind of prompting them and just saying, what do you think about what this... And all of a sudden, they'd look around at you and go, is that it? Not everybody's going to love maths as much as me. I mean, quite frankly, that's physically impossible. But if I can have a class full of young people who over five years I take from you know, not being confident with maths, hating maths even, and by the time that they, they leave my, my classroom, don't have any fear about numbers, don't have any fear about being able to add up and, and such like, that is, is my job done. It's, it's so good because maths is it's like a special language and it's the language of... Um, rich and successful people and the last thing they want is for working class kids to know it because we might become part of that club your maths, maths is just puzzles when i went to school teachers used to write things on boards and we were meant to copy them down and somehow by osmosis by writing it onto the page we were supposed to absorb and interpret that information but you know kids respond to stories if you can tell somebody a story about your know, pythagoras allegedly had a golden thigh. He didn't have a golden leg, he just had a golden thigh. Which is just crazy. I love learning everything. I want to give kids that kind of that enthusiasm. So I've, I've got a few tricks. So I, I've been on TV quiz shows. So on my lesson that I'm going to teach next week, which is about linear equations, 
and how they link to graphs. I've got a few gifts there of me on the chase. And I'm not going to even tell the kids that it's me. But yeah, they'll be there. And then all of a sudden they'll go, one of them will say, is that you, sir? And it is. And it's another story. And they'll remember linear equations because there's a picture of Mr. Murgatroyd on the board punching the air when we beat the beast on the chase. Right at the outset, my, my biggest fear was that because, yeah, I, I, yeah I'm, I'm 50. I, I was concerned about looking like the old fogey at the front of the class, and I'm sure I do. But then as, as time went on, I realised that my experience and the things that I could bring from other careers, I've got that confidence there. So, so I've been in school you know, for a very short period of time, and I've realised to these kids, a 24-year-old person stood at the front of the class is an old fogey. I'm just an older, old fogey, and I've got better stories to tell, and that's it. And, you know, the kids respond to that, you know, so, yeah, the, the fact that I used to work in a building site and have a range of hard hats in different colours for a lot of the kids in the class was the greatest thing that they've ever heard, yeah. I mentioned that I'd worked for the government, and it was like, oh, yeah, I mean, they obviously think I was a spy, but, yeah, I've got something that other teachers don't have, and... I also, as you can probably tell, don't take myself seriously at all. Yeah, I, I genuinely find life in general to be quite ridiculous. And I think I am the most ridiculous person I know. Um, so, and I think kids respond to that. I think the kids respond to that realness. The hardest part, I would say, is I'm having to go from a position where, as a consultant and as a manager, I'm used to being the, the person that everybody goes to for answers. So, you know, it's like, oh, we, you know, we don't know this, so, James, what do you think? And I have to come up with an instant answer, and this is what we're going to do, and I have to be, um, yeah, at least outwardly confident in what I'm saying, and this is the, the right approach, and we do it, and we follow it through, and we get to the end, and we get the result that we want. I, the hardest thing I'm finding is realising that I'm a student, and that actually, as far as teaching concerns, I'm one of the people in that room. Well, in fact, I am the person in that room, who knows the least. Every lesson you're learning something new from, and every lesson is a different thing. Even if you're in with the same class, every single day, I'm a different person, and they're a different person. And what might have worked yesterday won't work tomorrow. You're constantly on your toes, you're constantly thinking. learned that I still love learning new things every single day that is amazing and I've learned that you know that the skills that I've got I can I can use a lot of them in the classroom as well as doing all the other jobs that I've done I, I used to be a referee in Bradford now the Bradford Sunday League it can be um, challenging it can be combative there may be some players who have decided before you've ever opened your mouth that they're not going to get along with you and those kind of people skills and about de-escalating, you know, potentially put, you know, really confrontational situations, I've already used in the corridors. So I, you know, use kind of my, my empathy skills and, you know, sort of, 
you know, realise when somebody needs to be told off, but also when somebody needs a kind of arm around the shoulder and saying, you know, come on, you're better than this, you can do this. I mean, that kind of encouraging thing. So, and, and I'm learning stuff about myself every day. I, it, it, honestly, you, I cannot even begin to describe how refreshing it is to be in an environment where it, there's a kind of a collegiate atmosphere where colleagues kind of encourage one another to learn more and be better and do more. And oh, I used this in class the other day. You might want to try this. And, and there's kind of a very, um, very you know, there's a spirit of generosity there. And that is a is a beautiful thing, and it's it's not something I've really come across ever before in any of the careers that I've done. I've realised that over my my thirty four year career, I've been happiest when I've been doing something that's meaningful, and I genuinely don't think there's any job that's more meaningful than being a teacher, of, of helping people discover what they're good at, what their potential is, and you're helping them realise their potential. Uh, you know, and and I'm a working class guy from Bradford and we're just an ordinary family you know when, when you know, I I wasn't born into to wealth you know I my, my parents weren't to me anyway weren't particularly pushy but they just expected us to work hard what I want to be able to do is to actually show these kids that it's perfectly possible for them to do anything that they want to do I wrote down this ambition of changing my career way before you know, uh, you know, before COVID was even mentioned on the news. Would I have done it? As, would I have done it this year? Probably not. I'd have probably done it next year because I'd have given myself a bit more of a run up at it. Over over twelve weeks, I think I did four hundred and forty five hours of maths. It was like literally a full time job. I couldn't have done that as well as working a full time job. So my, my daily commute was from my bed to the kitchen, massive cup of you know, strong black coffee to my desk, sit and break my brains over differentiation and integration, cry a little bit, go back downstairs, get another coffee, come back up, dry my tears and then you know carry on going. And I couldn't, I just couldn't have done that while I was working full time. But yeah, this is what I should have been doing. I, I actually sat on the settee about three weeks ago and... I felt weird. I was just sat in the settee and I just thought... It was just like a really strange feeling. It wasn't a bad feeling and I just couldn't work out what it was. And I realised I was happy. And like genuinely, you know, deep down to the core of my being, happy. And it's... Honestly, it's such an opportunity and such a, a fantastic change in kind of how optimistic I feel and how energised I feel about things. It's amazing to be in an environment where you literally every single day you have an opportunity to change things and for the positive. You have a change, the opportunity to change things for the worse, but I will guard against that. But you, I have an opportunity, every single interaction I have with a young person, to convince them that they're capable of more than they ever thought. James changed his career with the help of a UK organisation called Transition to Teach. Right now, they're focusing on helping people who are at risk of redundancy move into teaching. You can check out their website at transitiontoteach.co.uk. 
Thanks for listening to The Reinventors. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and you can follow the show on Twitter at The Reinventors or me at Claire underscore Wiley. 